In this episode of Locked On Capitals, we talk about the Washington Capitals and how they stand up to the other teams in the East. We talk about why didn't the Capitals do more at the trade deadline? Were they really happy with what we had on the ice and is it enough? And then we're going to talk about the Minnesota Wild. Yes, that's the next opponent that the Washington Capitals face and they're going to be a formidable opponent. We'll talk about all of that and more next on Locked On Capitals. Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome in to this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Again, my name is Dan Homie. I host this podcast for Locked On Capitals. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. All right, in this episode, we are going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Capitals taking on the Minnesota Wild. Yes, they stand in second place in their division, and uh, they made some big acquisitions. They picked up Marc-Andre Fleury. How are the Capitals going to stack up against them? Then we're going to talk about the trade deadline. I know it's been some time since the trade deadline, but did the Washington Capitals do enough? We'll talk about that, and then we will talk about how the Capitals stack up to the rest of the team's in the East. And that's where we're going to start today, actually. So how do the how do the Washington Capitals stack up against the other teams in the East? That is a question. Um, I, if you look at who else is in the Metro, just even looking at the Metro, they have um, the Carolina in first place. You have the Rangers, the Penguins. Those are all teams that the Washington Capitals are looking at beating. And hopefully they can move up in some standings. Um, I don't think that they have enough runway to take on the Carolina Hurricanes, but compared to the rest of the Eastern Conference, the Washington Capitals simply don't pack enough firepower to prove much of a threat. Good as Alex Ovechkin is, he can outscore high-octane offenses like Florida by himself. And this is in an article that I read on Bleacher Report. Um, and it, I, I thought it was worth sharing here. Washington is deepish at forward, but not to the point where I'd be able to contend with even the likes of the Penguins, let alone the Panthers or Lightning. There is just not enough here to make believers out of anyone who doesn't reside in D.C. And I don't know if I agree on this guy's take. I know that uh, there are some question marks in the Capitals lineup. There's no doubt about it. But to disparage them and say that they don't have enough firepower to take on Florida by himself. Hey, maybe he hasn't paid attention to who's playing on the Washington Capitals. Maybe he hasn't heard of Kuznetsov or Tom Wilson. So, I mean, a lot of these guys outside the D.C. market, I think in a lot of ways, they're kind of clueless as to how the Washington Capitals are. The biggest question mark for this squad is the same as it has been all season long in net. Vitek Vanacek has been better since the calendar flipped in 2022, but his all-situation save percentage is still just barely inside the league's top 10 during that time frame. And I would say that's a legitimate point there. Um, do we have enough in net? I mean, you need, like I talked about in yesterday's podcast, you need another uh, a number one and you need a number two. Vitek Vanacek cannot win 
in the playoffs by himself. Say, God forbid, he got injured again. Or say that he faltered for whatever reason. He just wasn't on top of his game. Are the Capitals ready to face a big opponent with Ilya Samsonov and Net? And if not the answer, what are we waiting for? Give Zach Fukali the promotion. And I think there's no real mistake about it. It's not going to be Phoenix Copley. It's got to be Zach Fukali time for the Washington Capitals as we head into the playoffs. I hope that someone is listening here out there with the Washington Capitals that they don't have enough with Ilya Samsonov. And I know what a lot of people say, Dan, didn't you watch the last game that Ilya Samsonov played? The Capitals won. And to that, I would say, yes, I watched the game. But where Ilya has struggled all season is stringing together wins. I mean, he can pick up this one win here or this one win there. And usually when he picks up wins, they're big statement wins. And I think that sometimes that's why people forget about how he played overall in the season. They just remember the last time he played. So there is some legitimate questions about the Washington Capitals. And do they have enough depth? You talk about that in the later segment is did the Capitals do enough at the trade deadline? We'll talk about that in the next segment. Hanging out at a .920 is where you want your starter to be as a baseline, but Vanacek hasn't been playing at a level that would allow the Capitals to steal a playoff series, especially not against the superpowers that they'd be running into after the first round. If the playoffs started today, they'd face off against the Panthers, a team that would almost certainly trounce them. Sadly, Washington's appears to be a team on the decline, fading down the stretch as they try to milk all they can, while Ovechkin is still capable of shooting out the lights. And uh, that's kind of just a taste of what people view the Washington Capitals as. They view them as an aging team as they are, but it makes it seem like the Washington Capitals are just this one-dimensional team where it's just Alex Ovechkin. Like I say, we have two other legitimate goal scorers on the team. Just two. I mean, there's way more than that, but the top three is Kuznetsov and it's Tom Wilson. But look at that Dowd line when Hagelin was in there in Hathaway. That was a legitimate goal-scoring group there, too. So it's just, it's like I say, it seems outside the Washington market, there's so many people that are clueless on the Washington Capitals. And like I say, this was from a guy that was on the Bleacher Report, and I don't know why these guys want to pontificate about the Washington Capitals that don't even live inside this market. I know that, you know, maybe this is the time of year where he's running out of material to talk about. But let's give the Washington Capitals their due. Let's take a look at their record. You know, I think that a lot of people talk about the Capitals and say they got lucky in 2018. Maybe they don't realize that the current Washington Capitals lineup of Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Wilson, Nick Backstrom, John Carlson, that is an all-star team, you know, that uh, we'll talk to our kids about in coming years. So, I I just think that it's a bit sad that the people outside the D.C. market want to talk crap about the Washington Capitals. I know they're a bubble team this year, and there are some legitimate points there. The Washington Capitals are an aging team, and it is something that needs to be addressed. But to talk about them in such a one-dimensional fashion that it's just Alex Ovechkin and that's it. They don't really know half the story on the Washington Capitals. I think this team is poised to make a push in the playoffs, and I'm not saying this guy is totally wrong. But like I say, I just don't like when people talk about the Capitals in a one-dimensional fashion. I mean, you look at Nick Baxter, and we talked about that in this podcast all month, how this has been a milestone month for the Washington Capitals. And it's not just Nick Baxter, it's John Carlson. 
This team has a lot to be hopeful for, and they have some players in the pipeline that they've been working into the lineup. I think this Capitals team in coming years will be just fine. You got your McMichael who's coming along. He's been playing better. You got Faravari out there. In coming years, Hendricks Lapierre, there's Leeson, there's Protus. Um, there's just so many names on the Washington Capitals who are, are going to be their core in the coming years. So it just really be honest with you that someone looks at the Washington Capitals in such a one-dimensional fashion. Um, and I think that it would on the Washington Capitals to prove everyone else in the NHL wrong and and go playoffs. You know, now it's not just Alex Ovechkin. I mean, I don't know where this guy's getting his information from, if he's just reading, you know, blurbs online or whatever. But I just I I don't like it and it really kind of rubs me the wrong way. And that's where I kind of thought I'd start out with today is the Washington Capitals. According to this guy, are they a one-dimensional team? Do you believe the Washington Capitals are a one-dimensional team? I do not think they are. I think they have a tremendous amount of goal-scoring potential. I do think that they need help in net, like I've talked about. But to just talk about them in that fashion, I don't think is very fair. So just these guys, I don't know. Sometimes they just they shoot off their mouth and they don't know what they're really talking about. All right, in this next segment, we are going to talk about the Washington Capitals and why were they so quiet at the deadline. Everyone's talking about it. Why didn't they pick up a netminder? We'll talk about that. But first, after months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the Final Four and will determine this year's national champion this coming week. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it, Bet Online remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews of the leagues in the season. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. And uh, bet online is a, just a great thing if you're looking to to make a game more interesting. You know, as I was watching the final four there, I'm not particularly interested in any of the teams playing out there. But if you have some money on the game, it makes it that more exciting. Wouldn't you guys agree with that? All right. In this next segment, we are going to talk about the Washington Capitals and why they were so quiet at the trade deadline. But first, we're going to talk about Locked On Now. Locked On Now is Locked On's team of local experts that covers all the teams in the NHL. That's right. You don't need to go to the big networks and sift through an hour's program just hoping to hear about the Washington Capitals. You can go to Locked On Now and get all the information in, you know, in short order. You don't need, like I say, you don't need to sit and listen to these long national programs waiting to hear about the Capitals or whatever hockey team you're following. So head over to Locked On Now. All right, in this segment, we're going to talk about that. Why were the Capitals so quiet at the trade deadline? Um, it, it's been rumored, you know, I mean, like I've talked about as much, I didn't want the Capitals to get sell the farm to get some players, you know, players that are going to be playing here this year and then gone next year. Um, and I don't think that ultimately there were the players that were available out there um, that the Capitals were looking to get. Um, so that's why they just stuck with what they had. I don't think that, you know, they didn't have that goalie out there that was going to take them over the top. Uh, Corpusalo, who has a hip injury there, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury, they wanted a first round pick for him quick. He's getting older. There was no real big names out there that grabbed me. Um, so I, I, I don't think in a lot of ways the Capitals really had uh, a lot of options. And this is an article here, too, that was written on the Hockey News 
uh, podcast there. As the trade deadline com- came into view, everything pointed to Mark Andre Fleury or bust from McClellan on March 21st. The 63-year-old had spent months kicking tires on the goalie market in his quest to secure a significant or legitimate upgrade increase. Despite putting a full-court press to lure Flurry to the district, acquiring the reigning Vezina Trophy winner proved to be impossible for McClellan. And, uh, you know, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury has talked about that as much as that there was just so much history between him and the Washington Capitals. If you remember many seasons when it was the Capitals versus the Penguins and sometimes the Penguins came out on top and sometimes the Capitals came out on top. And then you got to look at the 2018 season when it was the Capitals versus the Golden Knights in the Stanley Cup. And guess who won that Stanley Cup? the Washington Capitals. So I think that he just spent a significant a part of his career kind of not liking the Washington Capitals. So it uh, kind of makes uh, sense to me why he has that perspective. I would have liked to seen Marc-Andre Fleury on the team, but uh, to give up as much as the Capitals would have had to give up, I, I think they made the sound decision not picking him up. Fleury had the final say on his future. He decided to choose the Minnesota Wild over the Capitals. There wasn't a deal to be done. McClellan, it appears, was never going to get the guy and wasn't willing to invest in a plan B option. And that's the thing I've talked about and I've talked about in this podcast is that you want to make an upgrade at the trade deadline. You don't want to make a move just sake. Uh, you don't want to get someone that's worse than Ilya Samsonov. I mean, as inconsistent as he has been, some of those other goalies that were on that list are worse. So I think that in that regard, unless they could have got, you know, Flurry or, you know, I've talked about Gorgiev, uh, I, I just think that they have enough in-house and I think they have enough in AHL Hershey in coming years. As we talked about, they made... Um, an entry-level deal on another goalie. So I think that the Capitals are headed in the right direction as far as goalies are concerned. Aside from the 37-year-old Flurry, the Capitals' trade target shortlist in the goalie department was short, uninspiring, and ultimately unused. McClellan could have traded for someone like Yaroslav Halak, who played for the Capitals for a very brief time, but he didn't meet Washington's significant or legitimate threshold. Injuries elsewhere also played a role. And uh, if you remember, uh, Halak was a guy they picked up later in the season. Oh, geez, that's been quite a few years already. But I I don't know if he would have been a substantial upgrade. And was he just going to be a rental? If he was going to be a rental, then I don't think that that was a wise decision. Because I don't think the Capitals at this moment are um, a cusp team. I don't think they're a Hurricanes team. I don't think they're a Panthers team that is on the fringe of, of that kind of season. Braden Holpe, who was linked with a return to Washington, was placed on long-term injury reserved by Dallas. Starting a flurry of transactions that saw Scott Wedgwood dealt to the Texas club uh, by the Arizona Coyotes. Um, perhaps most importantly, Vanacek has taken control of the net. And, uh, you know, that's that's a thing out there, too, is that Vanacek has been been playing well as of late. Had kind of that off game last game, I hate to say. I mean, I know that, uh, you know, he didn't allow in a lot of soft goals, but there were some goals that he should have stopped. But let's face it, goalies are not going to win you every game out there. Um, and it, it looks like in this case that Dallas, you know, I I know a lot of the Washington Capitals fans had hoped for a big re- reunion with Braden Holpe, and maybe it would be the Cinderella story where he would come back and they'd win the Stanley Cup again. Well, that's not going to happen this year. I don't know what Braden Holpe's future is with Dallas after this season, but I would say that, you know, if the deal was right, uh, that they might pick him up. I mean, I would 
I would love to have Braden Holtby on the team, but what Braden Holtby are we going to get? Are we going to get 2018 Braden Holtby, or are we going to get Braden Holtby that played for Vancouver for one year in the last couple of years, or the last year anyway for the Capitals? So if they could find the right deal for Braden Holtby to come back to the district next year, I mean, I think that's be, that would be good, but you know, he's going to have to take, uh, we're going to have to get him on the cheap. I don't want to give him a ton of money to come back to the Capitals because I think the Capitals have enough depth uh, in-house. So. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, and that's what people have talked about for a long period of time. Did, you know, did they have enough? It's easy to see McClellan is happy with a 26-year-old among netminders who have appeared in at least 10 games since New Year's Day. Vanacek is tied for eighth in safe percentage with a .922 and ranks 10th in goals against average 2.40. He isn't having it easy in Washington's net either as he faces an average of 27.8 shots per game behind the Capitals' so-so defense. Over the same period, Sam Sonoff has delivered an unimpressive .899 save percentage while conceding an average of 3.4 goals per game. He faces a similar volume of shots to Vanacek, averaging 26 per game since the return this year. As a result, Vanacek has ownership of the crease and will try to use the remainder of the season plus a potential playoff run to earn a pay raise and the starter's job for 2022-23. And uh, I think that Vanacek, that the job is his unless he totally falters or sustains a major injury. I think that the job is safe with VTEC Vanacek. I think that I think that, you know, he's doing a good job. It's just the players in front of him. You can only play as well as the players that are in front of you. I mean, I don't think there's any real debate there. So what are the Capitals' options and goal for next season with Vanacek and Sam Sonoff hitting restricted free agency in the summer? McClellan has a pair of important decisions to make in net for next season. If Vanacek's form continues through the end of the campaign, there's a good chance he opens next season as the Capitals' first choice and goal. If the future plays out in that way, it will be a remarkable turnaround for the 39th overall pick from 2014. Vanacek started the last offseason as a Seattle Kraken asset. He was left exposed for the expansion draft by McClellan, allowing Seattle GM Ron Francis to sweep him off the board. A week later, he returned to Washington, exchange for a second-round pick in 2023. And if you guys remember, that was that kind of frantic moment around the Washington Capitals. Oh my God, we lost Vitek Vanacek. Was that by design by Brian McClellan? Did they know that somehow they were going to get him back? Because if not, I am really surprised that they didn't expose Ilya Samsonov to that draft. But maybe, you know, they say that they didn't know. And But maybe I have a feeling that there was something going on behind closed doors uh, that they knew they were going to be able to get him back somehow. For the Capitals and Kraken, the Vanacek trade represents a sliding door moment. Seattle heavily invested in their tandem through free agency, only to see Philip Grubauer and Chris, Chris Drieger crumble behind a shaky defense. Francis could have done with a goalie like Vanacek this season. Washington, meanwhile, is fortunate to have required him so cheaply, reacquired, excuse me, him so cheaply and could yet place their trust in him for years to come. And I mean, I don't know if that's true. I think that Drieger and Philip Grubauer are great goalies, but that's kind of the same way as the Washington Capitals. Do they have enough defense support in front of them? You can only go so far uh, with the netminder. I mean, he can't play defense on, on the ice. He can't, you know, grab a hockey stick and start playing a forward position. All he can do is try to make great saves and hope that the defense in front of him will help him make big stops. 
that's all you can really hope for there. Sam Sonoff's case for an extension at Capital One Arena is shakier. The tw- uh, 22nd overall pick from 15 hasn't delivered on his promise, upholding a .904 save percentage over the first 80 appearances of his NHL career. The Russians' play this season is particularly concerning to the organization. He was the goalie of Washington's future just last summer. Expected to seize control of the blue paint in the 21-22 season is now playing second fiddle to the netminder left exposed in the expansion draft. And that's what I'm talking about. It's not that much of a surprise. Why is everyone surprised that Ilya Samsonov did not live up to his expectation? He didn't live up to his expectations last year. Vitek Vanacek is the guy that carried the bulk of the mail for the Capitals in that last year. I don't know why it's such a surprise. Like I say, I think there was something that was going on behind closed doors between Brian McClellan and Francis uh, with Seattle that, you know, we're going to move this, 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 and we're going to take him back. They ended up getting a draft pick for him. So, Otherwise, it just, to me, it seems very bizarre that they would have exposed Vitek Vanacek and not Ilya Samsonov. Um, it's just, it's kind of really surprising to me. Again, this story is from the hockey writers. Um, so it it's just, it's a bit surprising. And I think that, you know, like I've said, and I talked about in this in the podcast yesterday, is that I think that uh, this is probably most likely going to be Ilya Samsonov's last year with the Washington Capitals. I know they're all in on him. I know that they tout him as the franchise goalie. But at some point, you got to let go of that thought process. Ilya Samsonov has not been as advertised, and Vitek Vanacek has played a bigger role than I think anyone thought he was going to play. So, I, I mean, you can't hold on. You can't have sentimental feelings for for uh, Ilya Samsonov. Um, I know that he was drafted higher, but ultimately, he has not lived up to expectation. And I think that it's time for the Washington Capitals uh, to turn the page on uh, Ilya Samsonov because I mean and like I say unless he he totally turns it around and, uh, and and he can prove me wrong then I I would say hold on to him but as it stands right now I w- I'm going to say that I don't think that they have enough depth in net and I don't think that Ilya Samsonov is the goalie of the future for the Washington Capitals all right after the break here we are going to talk about the Minnesota Wild and they're going to be a big opponent for the for the Washington Capitals. They are in second place in their division and got done kicking the Flyers' butt last night. And uh, they're going to be a big opponent. As you know, they got Marc-Andre Fleury. They bring that big physical presence out there on the ice. Uh, Dean Evason, the former Caps assistant coach, is now pushing the buttons over there. And I think that he's going to dial up a physical game. We'll talk about that next. All right, welcome back. In this final segment here, we are going to talk about the Washington Capitals as they take on the Minnesota Wild. Like I say, they won last night. It was a big game against the Flyers, and then they're playing the Penguins tomorrow at 7. The Penguins, who are 40-18-10 and 10 against the Wild, who are 40-20-4. And, and uh, I mean, just taking a look at the standings here, the Wild are doing... Uh, they are in place. Uh, it's 41 wins, 20 losses, and they have 86 points. I think they have enough room to catch the Avalanche, who are in first place in that division with 100 points. Uh, the Blues behind them with 81 points. So unless the Minnesota Wild fell flat on their face, I don't think that they have enough um uh, enough runway to take on the Minnesota Wild. And it seems like the Minnesota Wild's trajectory is going in the right direction. 
And it's, it's going to be a bigger game. And I hope that the, the Capitals are up for it. I think their keys to success for that game is to put Vitek Vanacek back in net. Yes, we can't have, you know, shaky beliefs in him just because uh, he didn't uh, play that well in the last game. And I think you got to keep Tom Wilson on the top line. You got to have that big presence and that big body out on the top line. I don't think there's really any question there. Just looking at their lineup there, they are stacked. Like I say, it is going to be a big opponent, and we hope to have Seth from Locked On Wild on tomorrow to talk to you about, um, well, it'll actually be on Friday's podcast, about the Minnesota Wild and what they have. Uh, as you know, they picked up the biggest name out there. They picked up Marc-Andre Fleury, um, and he played lights out last night. What else can I say about him? He played a great job, and I mean, I think don't really think there's a team out there that wouldn't love to have Marc-Andre Fleury on their team. I mean, it's a team that brings it every, every game. Marc-Andre Fleury brings it, and uh, I hope that the Washington Capitals are going to be able to stand up to a team like that. It's going to be a game in D.C., so uh, I mean, at least they have that home ice advantage, and I think that... Uh, I think that, you know, I think that they should be able to take them on. If you look at historically how the Washington Capitals have fared against the Minnesota Wild is they generally are the victors. Uh, I'm from Minnesota myself. So oftentimes when they play in Minnesota, I will go see them at the XL Energy Center. And I'm never usually disappointed. I got to say the the, uh, Washington Capitals generally play the Minnesota Wild very well. I understand that is not the same team as it uh, has been in previous years. They made some acquisitions. They've obviously upgraded a net. So do the Washington Capitals have enough to in the tank to take on a team like that? I tend to think that they do. Um, but, I mean, they got to get ready for them because it's going to be a game just like the game against um, the previous games that they've had against uh, Carolina, that they've had against St. Louis, uh, that they've had against... Um, the Devils and the Sabres, you know, those are all physical teams that they've played as of late. I mean, if you think about St. Louis, they bring the pressure, some of the most physical presence. So that's what the Washington Capitals are going to have to do. They have the bodies out there to bring a physical game. Look at Tom Wilson. Look at Ovechkin. Look at Mantha. Those are all big frames out there that should have absolutely no problem taking on that Minnesota Wild team. I mean, and they have a long history playing against Marc-Andre Fleury. Hopefully, there's some guys on the team and they look at some film and they can exploit some of his weakness because all the goalies out there have a weakness here or there. So I think the Capitals uh, are going to have to to bring their A game as they play the Minnesota Wild Sunday night. It's going to be a game that you're not going to want to miss it's always a physical game. There's always going to be a fist of cuffs. I would not be surprised if Tom Wilson drops the gloves again. So you guys are really going to want to watch that, make a point of watching that game as they always bring it. All right, that is the Locked On Capitals podcast for today. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available where you get your podcast. And again, I want to thank you watching or listening to this of Locked On Capitals. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Have a great day.